0: Next up on Visual Wow. We would just set up lights and backgrounds outside of Central Park and basically did like kind of like a studio portraits on the street of random people. We just invited them and whoever wanted the free portraits, they would just get a free portrait with us. You know, you can develop your own style with headshots as long as it's consistent so that people, you know, know what they're coming for. So, you know, as long as your portfolio is consistent, meaning that the results are, you know, the same, that's the most important aspect of headshots. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartzman.
1: Greetings, Visual Wow community. This is Jack Hartzman, your host. And today I'm here with Yannick Vasek from Orange County, California. Yannick, welcome to the show. Thank
0: you so much, Jack, for having me.
1: I got to tell you that in the research for this project uh, to have you on the show, I have been not only inspired, but uh, even though I've seen you in the trade show circuit for many years, looking at some of your videos and refreshing myself with your website and your Instagram, uh, truly inspiring. So from one professional to another, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, my friend. You are doing it very, very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. I'm really, I really appreciate it. Well, for those who don't know who you are, they should be checking you out on your website. but you are definitely have shown me that you're not only a portrait and a headshot master uh, but the amount of awards you have accumulated from WPPI and from PPA competitions across the country across it seems like across the world beyond impressive your endorsements from different manufacturers also incredibly impressive and I enjoyed your YouTube channel as much as your website
0: yeah the the youtube channel is more of a hobby you know i'm definitely not a you know a a professional full-time youtuber but you know whenever i have time a little bit you know an idea i try to make a new video so uh, you know it's i appreciate every subscriber that i have on my youtube channel
1: well i would just like to tell you that as i was looking uh, yesterday at your video about porch portraits uh your daughter basically stole the entire show so whatever you do (laughs) no matter what you're shooting. I highly recommend you keep her stuck in your camera bag because she was the highlight of the entire video. If you don't believe me, people, you got to check out Yannick's uh,
0: YouTube page. It's really, really impressive. Thank you, thank you. Either my wife oh, or my daughter steals the show. Usually, that's that's you know that's how my life goes. So
1: no, I totally <laughs> understand. My daughter's twenty six now, and she's still stealing the show. But now she just steps right in front of the camera. I don't have a chance to to get word one out. But uh, enjoy your daughter at the beautiful age that she is. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just a great time of life. Thank so you. listen, let's get started. Like I said, without uh, without being repetitious, you have uh, built an amazing business from your your original background from uh, Warsaw, Poland to now to the West coast of California. Tell me about your journey. How did you get from, uh, from Europe all the way over here to sunny Southern California?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a, you know, it's an interesting story. So, um, I came to the U S when I was, uh, 20 years old and, you know, uh, originally I, did, I never thought I would come to the U S or it was, you know, planned for me to come to the U S. Uh, but my dad, um, after the various political changes in, Poland, um, he was involved in the solidarity movement in Poland and then uh, in the you know, administration in, in Poland. And um, around, what was it, 91 or 92, he was asked to uh, come to Chicago to be a Polish consul, um, basically representing Poland um, here in Chicago. Um, so, you know, me as a 20 years old, I really had a, you know, I was already in my first year of college. So I had a choice if, if I wanted to stay, you know, back in Warsaw or come with my parents. Uh, so I said, I decided to come and, and check it out, you know, uh, maybe go to college here and see what life brings me. So um, that's how I, you know, how we came to the U.S. Uh, and I went, I did my undergrad and grad school here in uh, In Chicago, I mean, because we used to live in Chicago. Uh, My parents left after four years. So, um, so this was in 96, I believe. So it has been twenty twenty four 24 years that I'm here without my family. So, I mean, without my Polish family, because I started my own family here. So I have my family now here, but, um, so a few years ago, so, you know, so we were in Chicago for that, you know, for that many years, uh, I met my wife, um, eight years ago and, uh four years ago we were driving after photographing a wedding on new year's eve and this was like middle of chicago winter so it was i believe it was like around four or five degrees outside and on the way home it was like one or two a.m we were driving and we're like why are we still here like what what do you know what do we love so much about this winter that we're still in chicago here and um you know we look at each other and almost at the same time we thought let's go to california you know or san diego uh we heard that you know always heard that san diego climate is the best in us so it's like let's try it out you know this is you know we have nothing to lose so we planned it for a year uh, to move, you know, to California, and after a year, we we came first to uh, to San Diego. We spent there two years, and like about a year and a half ago, we moved a little bit up north. So from San Diego to Orange County. So we're like about forty miles south of LA right now.
1: You don't hear people say this about Chicago very often, but you do realize that you basically moved from uh, from Poland to with with a stop in chicago to paradise of usa whether you were in san diego (laughs) and orange county I tip my hat to you because, uh, like you, uh, my father said, get up and move when we lived in San Francisco. I was mm. 10 years old, didn't exactly have a chance to, uh, to argue with my dad. And we moved from San Francisco uh, to just outside of Washington, D.C. So uh, I guess we have to say that the political uprise in Poland gave us the last 30 years of your magnificent artistry here in the United States. Is that what you're trying to tell me?
0: I guess so, yeah. You know, I just, you know, uh, I guess my parents, you know, make, you know, because because you know this was a, a brave move for them as well. That you know after you know so many years in Poland, they just decided and you know to be a consul here in U.S. in the field that they was pretty pretty new for them as well. Because my both my parents they have masters in computer science, uh, so becoming a, a, a Polish consul here in, you know in Chicago was definitely something different for them as well.
1: Well, uh, it's a great story, and and uh, I think we're all very fortunate for your parents' risk and, and the chance and uh, that they took in doing that. So we're 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 happy to have you here these last thirty years. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thank onward <you>. and upward. <laughs> You've obviously made something of yourself. Uh, your parents are probably very proud. Mm-hmm. And uh tell me why don 't we just start with the, with uh, kind of the thing that i've noticed that is uh, one of your your big blue ribbons in your in your career and that 's your headshots um, When did you get into headshots? When did you either parlay from families and weddings or or realize how powerful headshots can be and how did you how did you kind of get on the map with that so
0: i We started headshots I think around five or six years ago um, and You know, it's a funny story, but, you know, we we went to New York, you know, we we were back in Chicago still. So we went to New York for Halloween uh, because we uh, were going almost every year to uh, to New York um, for the Halloween parade in Manhattan. So this was one of our annual trips to to go for the parade. Um, And, you know, we thought, it's like, you know what, since we're already here, let's try something different or, you know, and we decided to um, do free portraits on the street. uh, and we would just uh, set up lights and background outside of Central Park and basically did like kind of like a studio portraits on the street of random people. We just invited them and whoever wanted a free portraits, they would just get a free portrait with us. So that's, that's how it started. And then, uh, you know, I thought, you know, maybe, you know, to name the new business Vasha Headshots or anything, you know, something like that. But then my wife Sasha, she's like, ah, that's too obvious. So let's think of something different. And then she came up with the name Vasha Faces. And basically that became our headshot business. So after that event in New York, we made a short video on YouTube, which I think is still available on my YouTube channel. then when we came back to chicago we said like you know let's try to do some headshots so i was doing them i i really suck at them uh you know i thought you know um doing headshots should be pretty easy um Because, you know, I thought, you know, because I was already photographing for so many years, you know, I should be, you know, pretty, pretty decent with headshots. Well, that was, I was absolutely wrong. So, you know, I, you know, if I look back at my, you know, early headshots, I mean, they were absolutely, they were horrible. Uh, So, um, you know, I started to get involved with uh, Peter Hurley's um, headshot crew. How many years? It was like around four years ago. Uh, And I... And I slowly started to like be more involved, involved. And then two years ago I took his intensive workshop, which is like a two day workshop. Uh, And that really changed my, my headshots approach, the results, the consistency. Um, And then a few months after that, I became the headshot crew associate, uh, which I'm super proud of. Um, So yeah, that's how, you know, if you, You know, dig my headshots, you know, I mean, big, big, you know, uh, thank is always going to, to Peter because, uh, I mean, he's an awesome guy. I learned so much from him and he's always supported to the whole crew. So, uh, I'm super honored to be part of the headshot crew and I'm actually more than half of my business right now is coming from headshots.
1: So I often, whenever possible, because, you know, credit where credit's due, I give Monty Zucker. Uh, and all that came out of him mentoring me as as uh, as a young pup, if you will. I think it's great that Peter has not only risen you to that level, but you realize what he brought to your original talent that you thought, "Hey, how hard could it be for headshots?" And then Peter elevated you to that to that level to that next level, if you will, how about just one or two things that you could say to a photographer today, if you're going to try to do headshots on a consistent basis, you know, kind of the, Mm -hmm. the A and the B, well, let's, we don't even have to go to ABC, but like the A and the B to, to make the headshot consistent when, when offering to your clients, or even when showing to your, to your social media channels.
0: You know, I I think, you know, and and you'll use the word consistent. I think that's, that's the main keyword that you have to, you know, to use when you, uh, when you do headshots, uh, you know, you can develop your own style with headshots as long as it's consistent so that people, you know, know what they're coming for. You know, if your portfolio of headshots, you know, is off, you know, like you have different colors, the skin looks one way or another, the lighting is different. Uh, you know, then people don't know what they come, you know, what kind of headshots they will, they're going to get. Right. Um, so, you know, as long as your portfolio is consistent meaning that the, the results are, you know, the, 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 same, the, regardless of the person that you photograph, you know, that's, that's the most important, uh, aspect of headshots. Uh, and that took me, uh, you know, quite a while. It's simple, but it's very complicated.
1: No, no, no. I agree. And, and wouldn't you say that the same philosophy holds true when you're showing portfolio material for weddings and, and,
0: and families? Um, yeah, yes, but weddings are, you know, they vary a lot more from, from wedding to wedding. So yeah, you know, it, it does take years to develop your own wedding photography style, which is, I think much harder. Uh, I think develop, developing your headshot style is, I think it's easier. Uh, I mean, it it may take less time. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, definitely consistency is extremely important for photography. I mean, you can develop still. Artistically, uh, you can develop your style over time. You know, uh, you know. I I know some amazing photographers that actually did drastic changes to their styles, and you know that worked for them as well. And there are some other photographers that change their style like more in in a more gradual uh, fashion. But you know, short term, it should be consistent.
1: (laughs) No, I I, I agree with that. And I think that also goes to the things that we do with our technical gear, with our actual photography gear that allows us to go to a portrait or to a wedding or to whatever we might be doing Mm -hmm. that that helps us uh, be able to create consistent results. One of the things that I notice is that you're a big fan of Tether Tools. And if they're doing anything for you, like they do for me in my studio, they simplify our process and they allow us to do things without having to worry about things not working. You want to lay in uh, your, your opinions on Tether Tools and what's that, what that's done for you?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Tether Tools, one, you know, besides being a great company to work with, I mean, you know, my, you know, the, the, the whole concept of tethering for me, it's not just making my life easier, um, but it's even more important to provide a better experience to, to my clients, uh, you know, tethering allows me to uh, review the photos with with my clients right away, uh, and you know, if we need to address anything, uh, we can do it right away versus them being surprised at the end, you know, with the results. Uh, so it's you know, so when I photograph, whether it's headshots or portions in my studio, uh, it's more of a collaboration. So we you know, we create something together with my clients, and tethering allows me to do it. Uh, so that's that's the big thing, and you know, because you know, if you show if you show somebody um, a photo in the back of the camera, you know, one, those photos always look good because they're always sharp and the colors are vibrant, et cetera, you know, and people are just not, you know, like when they're looking at the back of the screen, they, you know, they're like not used to like really appreciate those photos. But when you start to look at those photos already processed or like pre-processed, either in Capture One or Lightroom with the the, uh, processing that you want to apply to it or on a monitor, uh, people are involved with those photos a, a lot more um and you know the this is a a completely shift in the kind of the process that i you know that i used to do you know before i did tethering but right now you know when we when i photograph uh you know one they review the photos and two they select the final photos before they leave uh so you know for portraits and headshots i don't deal with any, any online galleries you know basically the whole selection is done during the session
1: So, I'm going to open up a can of worms here, and I'm Mm -hmm. apologizing in advance because depending on the age and the experience of our listening audience, if you're in your 20s or you're in your 50s, you're going to have very different opinions about this. And I subscribe to both depending on the way the wind blows. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. not when the wind blows, but maybe by the circumstance. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about that. You are shooting your portraits and I'm assuming you are projecting on some sort of an environment, TV or screen. What's, what's the environment in your studio to show your clients their pictures?
0: So, you know, when we do headshots, uh, headshots is basically, it's turned to my computer and, you know, uh, the computer is connected to my monitor and, uh, you know, so we take breaks during the session and then we review the headshots and then we make the selections, narrow down. down. Uh, and then when we're done with the session, like with the shooting part, we make the final selection of the photos. So by the time they leave my studio, they already selected the photos, I'm ready to retouch them. And basically they can get their headshots done, you know, they're going to receive them within a few days. When it comes to portraits, whether it's, you know, more like um, uh, self-branding or, um, or family or any other type of portraits, I usually uh don't review all the photos during the session. I just show them some of them so they you know they know that you know we're getting good stuff and then then at the end of the session, when everything is done shooting, we go to my um in person sales uh, space in my studio. And that's when I um, show the photos on the projector uh, in that space. So then we review the photos on the projector. And that's how we make our the final selections about either the electronic photos that they purchase or the, the wall art uh, or any kind of books that they're going to purchase from the session.
1: So to the younger photographers, the ones that are trying to be all things to all people all the time, how do you answer the question, but my client wants that image for LinkedIn, for their LinkedIn profile picture, or they want to show their family and friends on Instagram or on Facebook, you know, a sampling of what their photo session was like. They just want some 70 to 72 DPI web ready pictures. How do you answer that question and stay in business, if you will?
0: Um, you know, so it all comes, you know, it, it has to start with the education upfront, right? So uh, on my on my headshots um, uh, webpage, it's very clear, uh, or you know, I, descri- I hope I describe it very clearly. The whole process is actually on my homepage. It just, the the process is described how we operate. So then, you know, that they schedule the session online on my website, then they come. We do the session. We we select the photos. And then they receive those photos a few days later. So it's it's very clear that we make the selection during the session, Uh, and and the same you know when somebody books me from a wedding or portraits, I educate them right from the beginning. This is how we do it. So you know we we you know we even for engagement session like actually I have one later today for an engagement session that I photographed in Chicago uh, two weeks ago. We actually doing a Zoom call, and we the, this is going to be the first time they see the photos, and they're going to be making the purchase the purchases, you know, for either the guest signing book or the wall art right on the Zoom call. And but you know, I told them this from the beginning. I mean, they they this is not a surprise for them; they are prepared for this. And I r- reminded them that this is how we're going to do it, even during the session. Uh, or I reminded them which photos will actually look good as a print. Uh, or which photos, you know, would be good for the, you know, to display at the reception. So, so this is, you know, the big thing, it cannot be a surprise. So, you know, as long as you educate the clients and, you know, the clients know what they expect, you know, they will go with it. I mean, you, you have, you know, we as a photographers, right. We are the experts in terms of, you know, how the photos are delivered. Uh, you know, some people, you know, they, they don't know anything about photography and all they know is some digital photos that they see on Instagram and they think that this is how photography is delivered. Uh, so as long as we change, you know, the, you know, the, the, the kind of understanding of it, they will actually appreciate that, you know, what we bring to the table even more.
1: I, I completely agree with you. And I, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, and as you know about the podcast, uh, I, I find myself torn between my passion for photography, uh, and, and my passion for events, and so mm-hmm. we do event related stuff on Tuesdays and photography related stuff. Uh, we broadcast on Fridays and we, we have the same situation in the event world that we try to give everything to the client or the, or, or, or typical vendors try to give everything to the client to make the client happy at whatever expense. And unfortunately, often it becomes an expense from the vendor, from the, from the person who's providing the service. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that keeps coming up, and I'll I'll put this to you in the photography world, with what's happened with COVID, with the way we don't have the PPA meetings that we used to have readily available and the WPPIs and the imaging conferences, what do you say to a young photographer today? Whether it's somebody coming out of high school or college wanting to be a photographer or or somebody who's never quite gotten above the the working out of their basement kind of a thing and they really want to be the next Yannick. How do you tell them? What do you tell them to do right now to get ahead? How do they study? Um, how do they continue to learn their craft and and learn the skills of sales like you clearly have learned?
0: Well, you know, from the educational per, you know perspective, I mean, I think we live in one of the best times uh, for education. I mean, you know, if you want to learn, there's never ever in the history you know, better times to learn. I mean, the availability of photography classes, uh, you know, different schools, you know, online, I mean, uh, it's endless at this point. I mean, if, you know, there's so many ways to learn right now, even for free from YouTube. Uh, there's so much information there. And then there are some, you know, paid, um, you know, websites where you, we can learn so much. Is There's so much material. So from the learning perspective, I think it's it's pretty, pretty easy nowadays. Um, but the thing is that, we cannot just watch videos and think that we know the, you know, the, the trade. I mean, we have to practice. Right. Um, and you know, as, as many, many photographers, I mean, I started first photographing for free and, you know, friends and family and, you know, and, and, and try it before I, I thought that I can charge, you know, a, a dollar, uh, for, for what I do with my camera. Um, so definitely at the beginning, you know, it's, it's all about mastering the craft and making sure that, we deliver good quality to our clients especially uh when it comes to weddings you know i mean it took me years uh i mean i've been photographing for 30 years but i started weddings only 12 years ago uh and the reason is because it took me that long to actually you know understand or knowing that i know enough about photography that i can deliver good photography to my you know to my wedding clients because i know weddings are so important to people and i i cannot take the risk of disappointing somebody you know portraits is different portraits we can we can risk more because we can always redo it but weddings this is this is a lifetime event and there's no way to reshoot it
1: no, I, I completely pride. agree with you. And, and I'm sure like me, you go into somebody's home and you see a picture or a portrait that you did 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, you want to be proud of what you see on the wall.
0: Exactly. And
1: yeah. uh, I, I've, I've in the last five or six years really had an, a unique pleasure in watching my son come up in the game. And my son, David has become a, a very exceptional photographer. He has his own clients and he would go to people's home uh, either for a wedding consultation or maybe for bar about mitzvah and the client would pull out an album. Like for example, if they went for a, a wedding consultation, the, the mother might pull out her bat mitzvah album and say, you know, your father did this of me or, hmm. or somebody who he goes for a bar or bat mitzvah consultation and and mom and dad bring out their wedding album. And say, so we didn't realize that you were Jack's son. And you know what? And my son comes home and he goes, you know, dad, you weren't so bad 10 or 15 years ago. And <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's the way I was raised the same, uh, you know, Monty used to tell us that you, you've got to be true to yourself to be able to create the product and give it to a client. And so clearly, uh, you're mentoring and the way you're also teaching, uh, you 're following in in the same kind of schooling I, I also wanted to just to touch on the fact that you have become uh, a judge for wppi and other other our trade organizations, and what an incredible honor that is to be a judge and and be able to not just carry on what you 've learned but but use that to to help. Mold other younger photographers, uh, or not necessarily younger, but just other photographers. Tell me about the experience of uh, judging your first print competition, and and what's come of that. And that'll kind of parlay into uh, you being a master printer. Because uh, I'm a darkroom guy myself from 100 years ago. I'd like to know how how that all worked together.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the being the judge at is, you know, it was one of the greatest honors, you know, in, in, in my career. And, um, actually earlier this year I was invited to do it again, but, you know, I had a conflict with the wedding, uh, so I couldn't do it, but, you know, hopefully that, you know, I'll, I'm going to get invited again for next year. But, um, to start off, I mean, I've been going to WPPI, I don't know, for 80 or seven years now. Uh, and, you could always see me in the first row in those you know competition rooms, even, you know, for the first few years, I didn't even enter anything. I was just listening to all the, the feedback about the prints, the photos, you know, everything and, and learning and making comments. I mean, making notes uh, and, and basically absorbing as much as I, as I could, you know, so I hope that helped my photography even in the long, in the long run as well. Uh, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, listening, you know, entering, listening, entering, you know, for so many years and, and, uh, you know, after some time, you know, I, I, reached out to, uh, to Jerry and Melissa and I said, like, if you ever need a judge, you know, I, I'll be more, you know, you know, the happy to do it, you know, uh, and you know, it, you know, they told me about, you know, uh, what I should be working on, what I should be aware of. And then, you know, one year I, you know, I was invited. Um, but in the meantime, I also, um, I'm actively involved with, uh, my, well, Local chapter of PPA, but my older local chapter of PPA with the um, professional photographers of San Diego County, where I ran the competition there for two years. Uh, so, so that allowed me to kind of be part of the competition from a different perspective, from the organizer. And then I also did uh, a good number of judging for local chapters of PPAs, you know, here in California. Uh, So this is kind of, kind of get my feet wet a little bit, you know, judging. And then, you know, after a couple of two, three times judging here and locally, I was kind of thrown in the deep water with, uh, with PPA, I mean, with uh, WPPI judging. And that was uh, quite an experience. And because I, Made so many prints for other photographers uh, that year, I believe that year I made one hundred twenty or one hundred twenty five prints uh, for the competition uh, for photographers around the, from around the world. The only categories that I really could judge were wedding albums. And uh, in-camera artistry, so basically just raw files, because all the other print categories, I, I had my I had prints that I made in those categories. So you know, so not to have any uh, interest of um, I mean conflict of interest, I was asked to uh, to judge the wedding albums and the camera artistry, and that was even harder because I don't know if you you know, Jack, if you ever judge albums or you know, uh, especially WPPI it's really intense because they, they showed you albums you know, of you know, 40, 60 spreads and each spread is displayed only for two seconds. And they showed, they showed you only once the whole album, you cannot go back. Uh, so you have to make you know, good notes about the album and then provide good feedback and actually score the album at the end. Uh, So that was extremely, extremely difficult.
1: I'm going to pause you for just a quick second to tell our listening audience that if you ever think that being a photographic judge in competition is something easy, it is anything but easy. You're sitting in a dark room with a couple of lights staring at work that people have slaved over to get ribbons and awards. And you're standing between that person, that photographer, that craftsman and their goals And you have to take it seriously. And you probably hung out with your friends too late at the bar the night before. And you still have to bring 100% artistry to the table. And it is really, really a challenging process. And albums are probably the hardest part, as you mentioned, because there's 20 or there's 40 spreads or bigger and you have to go through that whole process versus just looking at one or two pictures on a, on a 16 by 20 and making a snap judgment. So I give you great props for that and kudos to that. And yes, I've watched you uh, judge. Uh, I have not judged in many, many years. And we didn't have to worry about electronic images back then.
0: Yeah, that's you know the, the definitely the albums and then the in camera artistry. I mean in camera artistry was a little bit easier because you can analyze the photo, you know, with more time and you know, and you obviously the whole editing part is is uh is gone. So you don't have to make any, you know, any, uh, provide any feedback about editing or anything like that. You just focus hundred percent on the capture. So that was a little bit easier, but the albums, I was so stressed, uh, because, you know, as soon as you make a note, you look at down at the paper, the next spread already comes in. So you don't want to miss any photos. So I was trying to make notes while, re- you know, while looking at the screen. So then I couldn't read my own notes. So, so it was like, it, it, it was really tough, but you know, it, it was, it was a fun experience nonetheless. the list.
1: So putting two and two together, you're clearly passionate about everything that you do. You take your judging very seriously. I can only imagine what it was like for you when you saw a a, a really great print uh, in the the judge's eye. And you could tell that, you know what, if that print had been printed better physically when that print went to before competition, Mm -hmm. that if it had been printed better, it probably could have had a higher mark. Uh, I'm assuming that's how you uh, found yourself becoming a print master.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I learned from my own mistakes, you know, I mean, uh, one of the, I think it was the first, the first year that I entered WPPI and one of the photos that I thought, you know, this was such a cool photo. And, uh, you know, one of the feed, one of the feedback from the judges was, and, um, I remember who, who, did the, the you know, the, made the comment, but I remember that comment so well, uh, because he said, this kind of photo makes me so mad. And I'm like, okay, what's what's going you know going on here? And he's like, this is a fantastic photo, but the printing sucks. <laughs> so, you know, and you know, because there was I, I think there was some bending or uh, you know, on the sky that I, you know, that I did and I couldn't I thought I took care of the bending, but obviously that was still visible. And you know, I, I remember the just said, "Like you know, this would be an easier merit, but because of the stupid bending, you know, I I cannot merit, and I I hate this. You know, it's like, and that kind of was a you know, like kicking my you know my butt. It's like, okay, I I need to step out my my game, and you know, after this, I started to study. You know, all, you know, I wanted to know everything about printing, how to do it properly, and um, you know." And that's how I, you know, got, you know, involved into printing because the, you know all the things that I learned, um, you know, and started to do my own printing. And then other people start to ask me, you know, uh, you know how how would you do this? How'd you do that? And then over time, they said like, you know what? Can you just print it for me? And I'm like, sure, that's not a problem. Uh, so like the first year was by invitation only when I started to do uh, you know, just my friends, photographers. And then after that, the word kind of spread out the WPPI that I do this, uh, because as you know, there's not too many people that offer those kind of competition printing services. So the kind of word spread out the WPPI. And then like every year, you know, the, the group of people that you know, printed with, you know, with me, you know, kind of grew. So, uh, I'm super blessed. I mean, I, you know, the prints that I made, it won a lot of first places in different categories, uh, second or third places. I mean, I, I got you know, I didn't get any, any platinum, but I got, you know, but my prince got a good number of gold awards at WPPI, which you know, it's it's incredible achievement. So.
1: Well, I got to tell you, uh, I think it's a great parlay of how you got there. I, I I so appreciate just talking to you and listening to your passion about your craft and how seriously you take it. We haven't even talked about things like your product photography and your dog photography. Uh, um, I come from a very big dog family and I just love what you've done with that. Uh, I hope that I can get you back on the program again, that we can talk about uh, some of the other uh, incredible disciplines that you have mastered in photography. Maybe, maybe Maybe potentially when when our global pandemic is over and we can actually get back to some kind of normality, um, I've really enjoyed you on the program. Anything you want to touch on
0: before we sign off? No, I mean, Jack, it was such a pleasure to you know uh, to be part you know of, the, of your podcast. It's it's definitely you know um, I enjoy the kind of more laid back and you know open ended questions. So uh, you know uh, if anybody has any you know questions you know or uh, about printing, photography, anything like that, feel free to add me on Facebook, or Instagram, and message me directly. I'm always happy to help. Uh, I usually respond pretty fast. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't be, don't be uh, afraid to ask me anything.
1: So to the community, Yannick, uh, again, just thank you for everything. Now to those who don't have the best grasp of the Polish language, uh, <laughs> many would call your website Wasio photography spelled W A S I oh wasio mm-hmm. photography but pronounced vasho photography it's vasho,
0: yeah it's vasho you know some uh, of the logos that i actually you know they're out there there's a a phonetic pronunciation above the, the the logo, so that you know, so uh, you know, people know how to pronounce it properly. Uh, i always laughing, you know, if you know, if people can pronounce Lou Boutin or Louis Vuitton properly, then they can pronounce <laughs> it properly as well. So that's why it's like I'm not changing it.
1: Well, <laughs> va- VashoPhotography.com. I'm going to have all your websites. I'm going to have your YouTube link, all your social, uh, all your social channels listed in the show notes uh, with your sponsorships and the other things that we talked about. Out. Yannick, again, uh, I really, really appreciate your time. I, I, uh, I, I'm so envious to anybody who lives on the West Coast. It is, uh, it is truly where my heart was raised. I was born in Fresno. I grew up in the Bay Area. You're in Orange County. We, we, I know it's a little bit rough there right now, both in temperature and smoke, but uh, my heart is still on the West Coast. Uh, so here from the east coast from rockville maryland <laughs> i'm jack hartzman your host thank you visual wow community for uh logging on to uh photo fridays and we really appreciate it we hope to see you next time if you like what you heard please go apple podcast leave us a review leave something nice about yannick uh check us out at visualwow.com for more and again thanks so much for tuning in and we're out
0: Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.